Welcome to the J2 Hub podcast, where we focus on everything from property development, hot entrepreneurially business topics, and real-life scenarios facing business owners just like you and I. Brought to you by James Sahota, we bring you exciting real-life property, business and entrepreneurially related hot topics, and that little bit more. Welcome to another episode of the J2 Hub podcast. Uh, I'm your host, James Sahota. I'm sure you all know me by now. Um, know that you've seen me. I'm the Indian bloke, a little bit overweight, with a beard. <laughs> if I want to sum myself up, that's how I'd sum myself up. Anyway, this week, I wanted to do something a little bit different. I've been away from home for around five nights, um in one of our investment spots which is a which is a distant spot from the home from my home around 285 miles away so um being being away from home can be difficult uh in fact it is difficult and when you've got two young children a wife and you're also trying to build a property investment business or you know a portfolio more to say uh, things can start to take their toll on you. So being away for five days in Middlesbrough, just back end of last week, um, I thought I'd share some of the experiences that I went through uh, whilst I was there and some of the thoughts that went through my head and some of the experiences, etc, uh, etc. Et so when you choose to invest in an area that's quite far away from where you live, there's certain things you really need to take into consideration. Um, number one being, how are you going to get up and down when you need to get up and down? You know, because inevitably you are going to need to go to site at some point, um, and you are going to need to get up there, see what's going on, meet with people, meet with project managers, meet with the contractors, whoever, meet with agents. You know, you will need to get up there. So. Just bear that in mind, number one, you know, how far is it? Be realistic with yourself. How long is it going to take you to get there? How long is it going to take for you to come back from there? You know, you need to really factor this in. For me, um, it's been not too bad in the sense that I actually uh, employed a project manager to take care of things for me and uh, hats off to our PM. He was fantastic. I'm not going to talk too much about the PM on here because I've got him coming onto a podcast after this one at some point, and I really want to let him share some of the things he does and his experiences with with the audience because um, he was really weight worth his weight in gold. Uh, saved me a lot of hassle. When I mean a lot of hassle, I mean a lot of hassle. You know, uh, I've owned the property for about s- just under six months now, I'd say, and. Only last week was when I went on site and spent some serious time there just to get it ready, ready for viewings and ready for the uh, valuations to take place and the bank surveys and all that. But apart from that, my PM made it very, very easy for me. Shouts out to my PM. I'm not going to tell you who he is just yet because I want to leave that for the podcast and let him sing his own own praises and blow his own trumpet because uh, he is really, really good. So in, unless you are working with a PM or someone on site or someone in the vicinity or in the area, I would seriously consider um, distant investing in 
in areas that are you know high yielding just make sure you've got your game plan together and make sure there is someone that can you know look after things for you there is someone who can uh, address issues for you and get to site or do things um if you've got the option of hiring a project manager i would 100 percent highly recommend it um without a doubt i would again hire a project manager in fact i would just keep working with the same project manager because he's been that great um but do factor in that at some point your project manager is going to hand the property over to you or he's going to be very close to handing it over to you and in my case um our place in middlesbrough is a six bedroom uh, ensuite hmo that we're looking to rent out to groups of students or professionals or just contractors um, and one of the things um, I didn't take into consideration was the amount of work that actually goes in once the property is finished. Minus a few of the snags that still need to be addressed, there's still the issue of getting the HMO ready for it to be set up. Now, I'm someone who will often just do things off the cuff, you know. I know people say, oh, let's plan this, let's forecast this, let's do this, do that. You know, if it feels right, if the gut feeling good, um, you know, if um, the initial planning is okay, I will just generally run with it. But for this particular project, I actually decided to make some plans and, you know, really draw up some spreadsheets so I know what I was doing. And it's only when I started drawing up a spreadsheet for the finishing part of a HMO that I realised how much stuff I actually had to do and how much work was actually outside the scope of what the project manager had already done. If I could go back now, six months from when we, sorry, five months from when we contracted the project manager, there are things that I would 100% do differently. I think one of the things is the scope of works would include getting the property up to a stage where it's ready and dressed, and I don't have to do anything because I found it very, very difficult, although enjoyable, but very, very difficult getting the last bits together. And I'm so glad I factored in extra time to do it because me being me thought I could get round and get this HMO furnished and finished within three days, um, you know, which is um, which is hopeful, um, maybe a little bit silly on my part. And, uh, you know, as my wife would think, or as my wife would always say, uh, underestimating a job as always. So, yes, it was very much underestimated. Um and when push came to shove, it did take me quite a long time. So let me explain to you what happened. So I blocked off from Tuesday last week till Sunday morning. And the plan was get up there, get the place furnished. Now furnishing meaning it was more so the kitchen area, the communal areas, the sofas. Uh, get the television hung on the wall get all the utensils that are needed for the for the kitchen area, all the requirements for the HMO that, uh, you know, utensils, saucepans, everything that's you need to really supply. Um, the other thing that I needed to get done was make sure, you know, bath mirrors, bathroom mirrors and things like that in the shower room were all fixed, like toilet roll holder, you know, your brush, your toilet brush bin, all that stuff. Now, it seems quite simple when you're typing this stuff up on a spreadsheet thinking, you know what, uh, yeah, when I'm up there, I'll find somewhere where I can buy them, I'll pop out and go and get them. Well, it wasn't that difficult. It, sorry, I mean, 
it was very difficult. I mean, it wasn't that easy. You know, when you live in London, it's it's very simple to get things very, very close and very, very quickly. Now, I think my biggest struggle was my trip to Ikea. Now, where we are based in Middlesbrough, the Ikea is in uh, in Gateshead, which is close to Newcastle, which uh, you know, is about 45, 50 minute drive. Now, that's all good because the traffic isn't crazy like London. So I, I managed to get there quite quickly. Uh, I get into Ikea, you know, I'm I'm ready, I've got my list loaded, I'm thinking I'm not going to go in the morning, I'm not going to go in the afternoon, I'm going to go very early evening and uh, get this all knocked out by 9 o'clock. So I get there at 4 thinking, yep, it's all looking good, I've got my list, I'm loaded, bang, I'm going to do this, I'm going to be in and out a couple of hours. Um, but that wasn't the case. So the first hour passes and I'm just, I'm just standing around looking, you know, just thinking, oh, okay, what am I going to buy? What am I going to do here? Now, granted, if I could go back, I'd be doing things a lot, lot, lot differently in terms of I would have had some mood boards ready. I would have had some Pinterest boards ready. Now, I did have Pinterest boards, but they were very, very late in the day that they were put together. Um, And having attended a HMO day by May Green, which was absolutely fantastic, really insightful, so... Uh, you know, big up uh, Rob and Sarah for that day. It was uh, phenomenal, actually. So took away some really good insight onto that. But I was already way into my project and way close to completion that I thought, you know, I just need to run with this now because if I start trying to style this and making it very much design-led, I could lose a lot of time here. So the property was ready. It was all whitewashed. It had a feature grey wall in every room. The carpets were dark grey and the whole thing just followed through. It works. It's nice. It's clean. So I thought, you know what? I just need to dress this up. And I'm thinking, how hard can it be? I'll go into Ikea. You know, I'll walk around the showroom and I'll see something. I think, yep, that works. This works. That works. This works. Um, was that the case? To a certain extent, but not really. So I spent the first two hours messing around on Pinterest trying to find out what colours work with what and I'm there typing in what works with grey, white and you know what splash of colour for a bedroom and yeah it was very very silly very very poor planning on my part and I'm the first person to put my hands up and say you know what yeah this should have been done months ago like it was explained on the HMO day that you know uh, a May Green will take a lot of time to plan out the design stages and plan out um how the rooms are going to look, what paints they're going to use, what features are going to be here, what fixtures, how the kitchen's going to be. So there's a lot, a lot of thought going into it. Um, and with me, I just needed to get it done, finished, because I've got some other projects to move on to, and this was just kind of lingering. So I'm in Ikea. It's, uh, you know, I got there at four. It's now f- ten past five, and I-, I haven't put anything in the trolley yet. I'm still fanning around, writing numbers on a list. And then... It kind of dawned to me around six o'clock. I thought, God, this place shuts in three hours. And I, and I've got a list, an Excel chart that is huge. I've got a lot to get through. So I thought, you know what? Sod this. I need to start putting things in baskets and moving. So I get down into the market hall and, you know, I've got my list. I'm loaded. I'm thinking, yep, I'm on this. Getting my kitchen utensils, getting my mugs, getting my uh, crockery sets, um, oven trays, whatever the, the list had on there you know it's quite a comprehensive hmo list that i put together um it's an excel chart if anybody wants one by the way just just shout me out and i'm happy to share it it's uh 
It's just a list that breaks each room down um, by section and tells you what's required when uh, when kind of putting together a HMO. So very, very helpful list, actually. So I'm happy to share that with anybody. If you want it, just reach out. I'll send you a copy. And it'll cost you zero pence. So, yeah. So I'm going through this list. I'm loading up my trolley. I'm thinking, yep, 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 yep. This is good. This is good. I'm winning. I'm winning. I'm winning. I'm winning. And then it dawns upon me that, right, my trolley is now getting very, 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 very full. So this has got me thinking, damn, I've got so much stuff still to get. Um, And this is where it came in. Number one, bad, bad planning. If you're going to Ikea, make sure you've got someone helping you. Or better still, if you've got some time, just order it online. Now, I didn't have no time because um, I just didn't plan it. So I had to get it done. So my first trolley's full, and I'm thinking, right, I can just about push this. I've got it. I've got a nice balancing act going on. I've got bags hanging off the side. I've got things topped on top of on things, and I, I you know, I'm making my way to the checkout. People are thinking I'm a nutter, by the way, because they're looking around, thinking, "Look at this guy, man. What is he doing? He's got like things just just balanced." So I make my way to my till, the first till. Um, and one thing I've got to say, people in uh, people in Gateshead or Newcastle, wherever this I kill, whatever, very nice people. You know, my local IKEA here is Edmonton, and if you've ever walked into an Edmonton IKEA, it's uh, and you're familiar with the with the London term roadman, that's what you're going to get in an IKEA. Actually, you're going to get roadman and roadwoman. It's um, it's a lot different. I found the people up north were just so much more helpful. Now I've been I spend a lot of time in IKEA, um, and I, I just found. Shouts out, you know, to the guys up in uh, Gateshead and Newcastle who were just, you know, they just actually wanted to help you. They could see you're struggling. They'd help you. They'll pack your bags for you. And when you're in Edmonton, it's almost like, God, you want to just get in there in and out quickly. And if you ask someone for help, you're going to get that roadman, you know, that slang like, you know, ain't nothing to do with me, bruv. Go ask him or they're going to pass the buck as quick as they can. So shouts out to Ikea and Gateshead. You guys were fantastic. You really did look after me. So anyway, I get the first trolley loaded. It's all checked out. I'm thinking, this is good. This is good. Then I realise I've got a long way to push this to the van. Um, Get all the goods out to the van. Get them into the van. Now the, another stupid thing. i got the van loaded with rubbish. Yeah, Thinking, I don't need that much space in this van for my IKEA shop. So then I'm having to fight with the rubbish in the back of the van to get this stuff in. You know, I'm moving bits about. I'm putting rubbish on top of new goods. And, you know, I'm just thinking, why did I not unload this rubbish? Um, reason being, again, bad planning. There should have been any rubbish in that van because that stuff from Ikea would have gone into the van a lot, lot quicker if there wasn't any rubbish. Anyway, so I finally get it in. It's all good. It's all nice and secure. I made sure the mugs ain't moving around. Stuff's not moving about. It's all good. I've got pillows between mugs and plates and all that. And it's uh, it's good. Nothing's happening. Um, I then make my second trip back into Ikea. And I'm dreading I'm going to have to go all the way through the market, all the way around. But lucky for me, uh, there's a very helpful young lady who said, look, hey, you can just slip in through here and you'll be back where you want to be, where all the where heavy, bulky goods are. So, yeah, slipped in. Uh, loaded up everything that I needed in terms of furniture, got it on there, and by now it's kind of quarter past, no, about ten past nine, and 
IKEA shuts there, I think, at 9.30 or something. So I get through the two about 9.15, 9.20, and I ask this young lady, I say, look, I really need to come back in and do one more round. And she's like, look, if you can get in here even one minute before we close, we can't kick you out for 30 minutes. So it's a nice little tip for anybody who's running late on an IKEA run, get in there. But I don't know, actually, if you're going to Edmonton, them roadmen are going to kick you out by 8 o'clock. They want to go home. They're not messing about. But anyway, that'd be a quick tip for you that you can do a quick little last run. So my second run's done. The van's loaded. I'm back in Ikea again. I'm loading up the last little bits now. A little bit of artwork, some shelves that I needed, um, some more pillows, some bath mats, light stuff. I get it. Um, loaded up, all done. And I've pretty much got everything on my Excel chart. So I'm, you know, I'm in the van. I'm loading the last lot up. I'm thinking... James, you did well, my son. You did well. You got everything you needed. Um, And then I thought, you know what? That was a horrible, horrible, horrible experience. The staff were great. Don't get me wrong. The product was just what I wanted. But because it was so badly planned and, you know, I'm lugging things around. and And I'm working on four hours sleep, mind you. So I'm already quite groggy. But I can see I can see the light at the end of the tunnel anyway. And, uh, you know, the visions, the, if the vision wasn't so strong and the why wasn't so strong, a lot of people would have just given up at that point. But so a very badly planned IKEA trip comes to an end. I'm now in the van thinking, right, I've got a 40 minute drive back to the house. Um, going to grab some food and just go to sleep. So for those of you who don't know, I was actually staying in the HMO that we're looking to rent. So it was nice in the sense that I got to spend five nights in the HMO and I really got to I really got to understand how the place functions um, any issues you know you jump into the shower you can see what the water pressure is like you know we've got a fantastic boiler system and a massive tank in there so water's never an issue but it's always nice to experience it you know because I always say um, we always build and design places um, we want them to be fairly high end you know um, if they're not if they're not good enough for us to live in or you know if we feel they're not up to scratch we just we just won't rent them or or uh, sell them so this was a really good experience for me to just spend the five nights there and kind of almost vision how it would be or visualize how it would be for someone living there where would they go around the house what's the what's the kind of path what's the route around the house when you come down in the morning what do you do which which way do you step where do you sit when you're watching tv where do you place your coffee mug where do you put your plate? Where might you load up your dishes? Where might you cook? Where might your chopping board go? Just it was it was a good experience in the sense I've really got to live the experience of the HMO before it's gone out to rent. And what this meant was I was able to um, plan where certain cutlery went. I was able to hang some certain uh, uh, metal poles above the cooker where we wanted certain utensils to hang. So I really put myself in the position of the tenant and and uh, gave our HMO an honest evaluation and uh, where things needed to be added, uh, we've added them, and uh, where things need to be adjusted, we've adjusted those too. So it was a it was a good experience in a whole um, to be able to stay in the HMO and experience it before it went out to uh, potential tenants or clients, whoever chooses to live there. Now. Um, one of the things I found very difficult was being away from my two sons and my wife. You know, I've got two young kids, 10 and 3, and my wife. And, you know, it's um, 
I see them every day. And when you don't see them for four or five days, six days, it really starts playing on your mind. And it can be upsetting. You know, you're sitting there, you've worked a whole whole day and, you know, when you've got no distractions, you I find you actually work longer. So I was working good 14, 15-hour days and uh, come to the end of the day, you're sitting there and you're thinking about your family because you really got nothing else to think about, you know, after a while and you're thinking... Uh, you know, I wonder how they're getting on. You know, not a day goes past really in the week where I don't see my kids. So it was it was a tough one for me. But I think when your why's there, you know, when you've got a strong enough why and you've got a strong enough vision and why you're doing what you're doing, it kind of carries you through those dark times. So I would uh, I would strongly urge people that are are spending a lot of time away from home at on projects or um, people that are finding the going gets a little bit tough. Just uh, just remember what your why is and. If your why and your purpose is your children, then it will carry you through those dark times like it did me. I ain't going to lie, the first night was great, you know, being away from the kids and it's nice and quiet and you're there and, you know, you've got the heat turned up, you're on the sofa, you're thinking, yeah, this is uh, this is quite nice. This is nice. I like this. But if you're anything like me, after a while, it kind of wears off. Um, even though I'm, I'm one of those people who have been told I, I get on very well in my own company, I enjoy my own company and I can spend long periods of time on my own. But hey, anyway. So, a few lessons learned. Don't, you know, make sure, actually not don't, make sure you plan what you got to do, man. Don't just go off the cuff. Now, with this one, I really much did go off the cuff because I just needed to get it finished towards the end. I can't. My my project manager had this planned out to the T. You know, we had Excel charts, we had you know proper schedules, proper Gantt charts, and uh, proper budgets. And I, you know, if I'm honest with you, the budget was exactly how he forecasted it, give or take a grand here or there for unforeseen costs. But he was bang on the money with his planning, whereas myself. Uh, there's a little bit more to be desired with mine and uh, my off-the-cuff attitude really uh, really got me uh, uh, stuck in places, I would say. But going back to my point of being away from home for long periods of time, I'm glad in a way that I ran through this whole project, that, you know, I'd done the five days and I, I, always, I almost timed myself as well on certain tasks on how long it would take to set up a HMO once the keys have been handed over to you by your project manager if you're only going to, you know, decorating stage and turnkey with carpets and furniture. So it was nice in the sense that it's allowed me to work out how long it's going to take in the future to set up a room or set up a whole house. Um, It now gives me valuable information and valuable information even that I require to forecast this into my planning and find someone to do this for me because I can tell you right now hell no am I going to set up another HMO again because it was backbreaking work and it needs it needs a few people to do it don't be thinking you can do it on your own well you probably could if you had enough time but you know I would say if you can try and get it into the scope of works which would always work better for you um, and definitely moving forward, that's exactly what I'm going to do is try and try and build uh, everything into the scope of works and not just think, OK, um, the house is done, major renovations taken place. It's painted, it's got carpets, it's got furniture, it's got beds. Here's a key. You're ready to go. 
um, you will find that there's still a lot of work that goes on after the house is finished. And uh, like I did and like I found out the hard way, um, there is there is a lot that goes into it. So hats off to everybody doing HMOs. Hats off to people doing them big ones as well, them ones over six bedrooms, them eights to tens. I think I read somewhere on Facebook the other day there was someone doing a 40-bedroom HMO. Whoa, that's some scary stuff, man. But anyway, um, on that note, if, like I said before, if anybody wants this Excel chart that's got some really useful bits on it, yeah, just reach out. You can have it for nothing. Um, I'm sure I... I spent some time putting it together, but I'm cool sharing that with people if it helps them out. Um, second thing is if you, if your investment hotspot is away from home or you're looking at an investment spot, which is a considerable distance from home, my advice to you would be find a PM and find one quickly and find a good one at that because a PM can save you so much time, so much time, so much hassle, so much messing around. Um, I was, uh, we were only just talking about this when I was up in Middlesbrough with, um, with the guys, um, um, Imran and his dad, Arshad and Ify, who are also, uh, investors over in, in Middlesbrough. We were just talking about a particular property that they turned around within the month. And next door is a down south investor who comes up on the weekends to finish his. Now, these are considerably small properties. Now, you know, obviously the guys that are serious investments like you know, Imran Arshad, if he, um, those guys turned around very, very quickly. And the other guy on the other side has been choosing to come up on a weekend or every other weekend to do it. And, you know, he's been doing it for over a year. So it just goes to show, you know, um, having a team in place or having a PM that can manage stuff for you, it will save you a lot of hassle and a lot of time like it did for me. Um and you know, have some incentives there for your for your PM as well. You know, treat them well. If uh, if they're coming in under budget, give them a bonus. If uh, you know they're meeting a certain time scale, give them a bonus. If uh, they're going above and beyond, give them a bonus or do something. You know, make it in- incentivized for your PM to stay hungry throughout the build. Uh, it just so happens, me and my PM got on so well that we uh, it, it was it was re- just a really nice experience, a really really nice experience to deal with him. Uh, my third bit of advice to you would be do not underestimate the you know the travel if you're traveling up to a certain point don't just look at your sat nav and think oh it's saying three hours and 55 minutes a journey that's 300 three hours and 55 minutes never takes three hours and 55 minutes um it's always taken me around five hours by the time you stop you've had something to eat considering traffic you know doing what you need to do along the way it can um, it can take its toll on the whole day and the whole time, you know. Um, so always be very, very realistic on how long it's going to take you to get up to a site and get back from a site. Um, and I think one of the lessons I learned from Maygreen was this is what they do very, very well, is they have a criteria of viewings when they're viewing properties. They've actually got their virtual assistant over in the Philippines who will look at a range of properties for them and put them through a scrutiny of their criteria and home the ones that fit the criteria down and book them in for a booking, you know, and do the figures on them, which I found was amazing. So when these guys are going up to view properties, they're going up to view stuff that fits their criteria, fits within the figures, and it fits um, what are, you know, the kind of future plan of what they're trying to do with it, rather than just 
getting up to a certain area and pissing in the wind thinking right we've got 10 viewings today whereas five of them might just be rubbish two of them might not show up um if you've got someone you can outsource to and get them to home down stuff for you make things easier for you it makes it easier when you're investing away from where you live um and i think i just hit upon the the golden bit of nugget there is it is all about outsourcing a PM. You can outsource to a PM, a project manager who will save you a load of time. You can outsource to virtual assistants who will save you a hell of a lot of time as well. Um, and you can take a lot of the weight off yourself and get people who are much better than you involved in the build and get them to actually manage things for you or do things for you. So you can save save yourself some time and actually work on on, on the bigger income generating tasks that we're always uh, taught so much about. Um, so yeah, wanted to do something different with the podcast this week and share my experience of being up in Middlesbrough for five days and working away from my lovely family. Um, I will at some point. I'm planning to do a podcast with my wife and. Um, the the point of that is I want her to share the experience she has living with someone who's you know always always on the go 100 miles per hour juggling multiple projects not being around uh, and how it is for her as a wife and a mother to kind of deal with this stuff because I feel it's very very important to kind of see the see the whole kind of family connection as well because um, a lot of people a lot of people suffer as well you know when you're trying to reach a goal and you're and you and and create a vision for yourself or create that ideal life there's a lot of people around you that have to sacrifice things of their own so that you so you that your vision can you know become a reality so i'm um, madly thankful to my wife for that and uh, i will get her on the podcast in a couple of months time because uh She's a right character, and uh, it will it will make a good listen. And she, you know, she just loves to give me abuse. So um, I'm sure listeners will seriously enjoy that. But um, as with always, uh, as with anything, if you want to reach out, if there's anything you need any help with, any advice, if I can assist you in any way, if I can help you in any way, just you know, drop me a message. I'm here. I'm here. You know, I've made some. Big mistakes in my time. I've been through some serious fuck-ups. So I've got some decent experience, I would say, in how to do things or how not to do things even. So, yeah, well, on that note, um, thanks for tuning into another podcast with me, James. And thank you to everybody who reaches out to me weekly and says, you know what, James, I really enjoyed that podcast. There were some real, real, real golden nuggets in there. And... It's stuff like that that really keeps me going because it's, um, you know, when you're busy with life projects yourself, you're busy with family life, you're busy with your kids, it can be a mission trying to get a podcast out there. But what I found is I have really started to enjoy it. I enjoy it more and more as time goes on. And I'm really liking putting some solid content out there for people to share and for it to help people. So if uh, if there's anything you want me to talk about as well on the podcast, let me know. Reach out to me, man. I'm, I'm always good to uh, 
cover certain projects, sorry, topics or, or certain things going on in the arena at the moment that you might want to, want to talk about or get some more information out on. So yeah, feel free to reach out to me. I'm always, uh, I'm always looking to, uh, bring the listeners what they want to hear. And as with always, how I finish off my podcast is just, you know, remember your, you know, it's never too late. It's never too late, guys. It's never too late. I can't stress this enough. It's never too late to become something you truly want to become. You know, if you're sitting there right now thinking, I want to do this, man, I really hate my job or I really can't be bothered to do this for the next 40 years of my life or 30 years of my life. You know, remember, it's never, ever, ever too late to start something new or go for your dream. You know, and I'm I'm one person who... uh really promotes that uh have your own hustle your side hustle or whatever you may want to do but on that note guys i'm going to be out of here um it's tuesday night it's the second tuesday of the month and that can be one that only means one thing actually is ppn nightsbridge tonight and i'm looking forward to this one because it's uh it's one with the with Susanna cole another person who i think is great really really looking forward to uh uh, seeing what she's got to say. And obviously meeting my mate Ted in his yellow t-shirt is always a joy as well and always a pleasure. So on that note, guys, thanks very much for tuning in and I will catch you on the next one. Thanks for tuning in to the J2 Hub podcast with James Sahota. If you like the podcast, feel free to subscribe so you never miss another podcast from James. And if you got value from this podcast, do take the time to leave us a review on iTunes or wherever else you consume your podcast content from. And remember, you're never too late to become something you truly want to become.